Welcome to another Let's Talk Property show with Heather Hilda Darling. The show is sponsored by Callaway's Estate Agents. I'm now joined by Jill Johnson. Now, Jill and I go back quite a long way because I've attended several of her training courses over the years. There is a saying, learning never exhausts the mind. And obviously, somebody who's in the business of training and seeing how people respond to learning must be very, very rewarding. Jill, you own a company called GKJ. I presume those are your initials, but I shouldn't presume. Are you using correctly? Yes, they are. <laughs> GKJ. And obviously, you said to me earlier that you're now very much semi-retired. How are you taking to it? I'm enjoying it. I certainly couldn't just stop because I, I love what I did, love what I do. But it's rather nice to be able to pick and choose what I can do now. We have another trainer that goes out and does full day courses, etc. But I've stumbled across this training thing which is quite, I think, unique, but it's quite popular in terms of half a day's training for a small group, individual agents, um, whereby it's bespoke to them. We have a menu, for want of a better word, that we send through, which lists all the training subjects that they can choose from. Because you often get people who work in the industry attending a standard training course and you can see they think, well, that doesn't apply to me. We don't do that. I've got one client that's coming up to do some training with their housing association. So the whole landlord thing is completely different. So you sometimes get agents where they are the landlord. It's a bit like a menu, like a buffet, isn't it? Do you pick, pick and one? choose whether you're going to have a bit of the starter, a bit of the main and more yeah. of the dessert rather than it being just all fed to you in one foul swoop. Exactly. And that and people like that. And then when we do the training, it's, it's usually about four people, either in our offices or online. And the whole thing is dedicated entirely to them and their business, which is really quite nice. And um, if it's property management, I tend to say, send me a copy of your terms of business and your tenancy agreement. So then I can really, really fashion the course around exactly what they do so I seem to remember you doing that when on one of the courses I attended because you were very very strict about terms of business and how things were done so I'm pleased to hear that's still going on but you're right you know relevancy is so important to what we're yeah. doing and I think sometimes maybe in a small agency you've got your tenancy stroke property manager and if you, you're taking your lister along as well they'll think well why, why am I learning all this there there is some relevance but if you've got a dedicated property stroke tenancy manager they're the ones that would be dealing with specifics of the property itself so I do agree that relevance is so so important and surely the smaller groups must be much simpler for for you to answer particular questions from the trainees and really gear the training around them. Yeah, having a dedicated course for them means because some people feel very embarrassed about asking questions in front of other rival, one of a better word, agents. Mm. And so they tend to hold back, but we can just break it into a discussion. Stick to the agenda and I can pull it back in, but we can just sit and talk about something, spend more time on one thing than another. But it's interesting you saying about me 
being pedantic about terms of business. I had an, an agent from the Midlands phone me up to say she was retiring. She said, I came across your business card. And she said, I just remember you saying to me when I had queries, what does it say in the terms of business? So I know you've been in property a long time, Jill, because you always mentioned, you know, what you've done in all of your training courses. But obviously my listeners don't know. Perhaps you can just give a little bit of a background, just sort of 60 seconds worth of sure. how long you've been in the industry, etc. Very, very, very long time. In fact, it was the last drought, 1976. So that's sort of a bit of resonance there. But started off in sales, um, started off as an admin and then became branch manager, etc. Um, lettings was not a thing at that stage. There was no housing act, no short, short old tenancies. It was just an add-on sometimes that surveyors did. So it was very much a sideline. But in the late 80s, I discovered residential lettings and decided I loved it. It was just so interesting, so challenging. As I always say, so many more opportunities to be sued. It is like Marmite though, isn't it? You either love lettings or you hate it. Absolutely. It's not a a, a non-committal thing. You're either in or you're not in. But it is endlessly fascinating, I think. So... Well, your passion always came across, you know, you can always tell when people are interested in what they're talking about. And having sat through many courses with you and sent our staff on training courses, they would always come back inspired and having learnt a lot more than they thought they had to know. And, you know, we know that there's over 170 pieces of legislation in lettings. So, you know, if you don't know what you're talking about, you can misinform your clients um, very, very simply by just not knowing. You know, very often if something comes up, there'll be a trigger in my brain that goes, you've done something about this you've got to be careful about this just go back and find out again what it means which is sometimes what worries me about landlords doing their own lettings because do you agree well two two things one of the things i'm quite passionate about is giving members of staff confidence because the client is the client and you've always got to do the right thing by the client but they, there are times when you've got to say no to the client. So, for example, if you've got a deposit situation, £1,000 deposit, and the landlord says, I want £500, and the tenant is arguing about it, and the landlord says, don't give them back the other half. It'll focus them, make them concentrate. Well, the law says you can't. If there's not dispute over the other £500, you've got to give it back. But you need the confidence to be able to say, you know, the Housing Act 2004 states, I'm sorry, Mr. Landlord, we can't we can't do that. Yeah, absolutely. You, you say about landlords doing it themselves. I had a friend of a friend. My friend contacted me and asked if I could help their friend out. And they bought properties let out. And they had an association relationship with the tenant they put in there, which was fine for years. Then it went horribly wrong. So they asked me to have a look at this letter because they wanted them to leave. And would it be okay? And I looked and I said, tell her not to send it until we've spoken. It couldn't be more wrong. Mm-hmm. As you're all personal in there, as in upset. And I said, step back, just do it business like, do this, this. And anyway, we did. She left. I, I always remember you saying, you know, uh, lettings is a business. And of course, a lot of people started off in lettings back in the 80s by buying one property maybe they had a tenancy agreement that was on on a4 and you had to really double space it to get it out 
onto an A4 sheet of paper. And yes. now when you look at the terms of business and all the, you know, the rental agreements, etc., there's so much legislation that's coming that can trip even professionals up, which is why the continuing pre- professional development is so important. But what inspired you to start the training? Was it just, was it like a light bulb moment or did you did you think to yourself, I really think I would enjoy doing this part. It's I'm very much somebody that happens to be in the right place at the right time. I was just coming home one day from working in Lettings, opened the Argus and saw this job for a, a trainer um, in a state agency and said full training will be given. And I thought that sounds interesting. So it was no more planned than that. Um, so I was trained as a trainer. There's nothing the, wrong with that at all. I think, you know, you've got to see these opportunities for yourself, haven't you? You know, I'm sure there's lots of opportunities come to our door during during a day. And sometimes we just don't see them because we're too busy hurrying and scurrying about. What is your favourite feeling at the end of a training session? Do you get a sort of a oh my goodness, I think I've got all my points across there. Or you see lots of people who've had their own light bulb moments and, and you know, okay, you fill in your, how did the training session go? And you, you see everybody's really taken at least three things away with them. If it's, we get good feedback, people say thank you. They're chatting about it. They're chatting about it in the breaks, chatting about it and not waiting to rush out the door. Um, I love it. Absolutely love it. Because you can see they're all fired up. I think that's that's amazing to give somebody credibility that they can use or give them confidence to use something. There's nothing like it. And of course, you are a people person as well. So being in a room with lots of people who are sharing that love, if you like, of lettings and property management and really want to learn. Okay, some may have been sent by their employer and aren't actually sure whether they want to do Mm. it or not. But to actually see how much it is involved is a first point of port of call, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I have had some, when I was doing some training in Birmingham, this girl just did not want to be there. It was very, she didn't even take a coat off the whole day. (laughs) She sat there with her arms folded. And I thought, oh, this is going well. But trouble is you tend to fixate on the one person that's that's unhappy but everybody else came up and shook my hand afterwards and said it was very good and enjoyed it so I thought well you can't win them all I mean maybe she'd had a bad morning getting the kids to school or something we never know do we how have you adapted to doing training sessions now do you still do part live or part zoom or part over the phone not over the phone we do whatever the client wants and it's interesting because some people prefer the Zoom because you have no travel worries for all the staff. Mm. They can get back to work again straight away and not go home early, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So sometimes the, the company's like that, but other people feel more comfortable in an interactive situation. Um, I'm I'm happy either either way, but it, it's changed completely since lockdown because the, we had no option. And so we we had no choice, but we've not gone back completely to face to face. We've now got train strikes happening. We've got all sorts of things. We've got the roads up that people can't get somewhere quickly. So in actual fact, it's a good backup. But if you take yourself back to the 1970s, as you just said, what are the most surprising things that you would tell yourself back then that you're surprised about now that's happening within the lettings industry and the training methods? I think back then, well, there was no lettings industry as such. 
it just didn't happen. But the biggest difference I think that's happened is when I first started being a female negotiator, being a female manager was very, very rare. And it was quite tough. You know, you had to prove that you were as good as the men. And they were like, if you don't like it, then too bad, get out. And it was it was quite it, practices that would appall somebody today. You just got on with it. And learning, there wasn't the companies that I worked for when I started were only small. So there, there was no property mark, no NEA, no ARLA. So virtually no training. You just sat by Aunt Nelly, as they call it. I remember similar. I was in a state agency back in the 80s. And when I think back, you know, we used to have the roller deck cards on the desk. Computers had literally been brought in um, not so many years previously. There were no CRM systems. The fax machines were on like the ticker tape. You were lucky yeah. if you had a screen. <laughs> we didn't have all the internet doing the banking, etc. And I just think it's it's amazing how far we've come in those years. Would you agree that very often you still have to have those interpersonal skills to actually I do agree business? More. One of the things I do, I look at occasionally is the Property Ombudsman Annual Report and for, for sales and for lettings. And year after year after year after year, number one complaint to the Property Ombudsman is lack of communication. And it's so you don't need to have flash computer systems and press a button and the standard letters all come out. It's just simple, simple listening to people, talking to people. And even if you can't solve their problems, at least acknowledge them and empathise mm. with them. Mm. Even mm. if you can't make it better. I think one of the problems is people expect, because of communication, emails and this, that and the other, people expect answers straight away. And they can get quite tetchy with the agent. But it's the agent's job. That's what they've got to do. And it is, it's key. It doesn't. But I think in many ways, you know, we've got all these different uh, CRM systems. We've got text messaging. We've got WhatsApp, which is like a similar thing. We've got the Facebook Messenger. We have got so much technology. And it's almost sometimes you feel like it's flying at you from all these different areas. Mm -hmm. And you're quite right. People expect immediate replies, not knowing that you've got a bunch of emails that you've got to still respond to. Okay. Um, and, and this is where really setting the scene at the outset about what you can expect from us, whether we're a training company or a company or a sales company yeah. or a developer company these are sort of our standards and if you want more then you'll you'll need to tell us because we can't second guess what you want okay. what, what do your regular reports mean well they mean a report perhaps every 10 days or after the first week and you know yeah. it's the same with training unless people tell you well we need training in this you can't second guess it no people often say to me what else do I need to know <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what you don't, don't know. know. <laughs> Obviously, we've just come out of lockdown. But over the years that you've had your career, Jill, there must have been several highs and lows. Is there anything that particularly stands out to you over the years you've been in work? I think just on a personal basis, one of the big light bulb moments you were sort of talking about was when I did the training, it suddenly occurred to me that I don't have to have all the answers all the time. It's perfectly okay to say, 
What a good question. Thank you for asking it. I don't know, <laughs> but I'll find out and come back. What I find quite sad sometimes is with corporates, they have in-house training and the staff, they just take it absolutely for granted. It's just, oh, another training course. They don't appreciate it. I've had people on courses where the, the negotiator or have paid for themselves to go on a training course because their boss won't do it. And I think that is such a sad state of affairs because they just want to learn. And I, I love that. Mm. Love people, you know, intellectual curiosity is marvellous. And there's so much choice now. I mean, you could, I could be on a webinar virtually every hour of every day, and you, but you've got to pick and choose what is, you know, what is required by by your uh, career and your business. You know that little sort of pointer you used to have that you point to the. the <laughs> yeah. This is going a long way. Ago. Where would you point your pointer to tell me how you would improve or change the lettings industry? Anybody, literally anybody can open up as an agent, letting agent. And they, they deal with so much money, deposit money, rent money, what money for works that need to be done, keys to houses. There's no regulation whatsoever. And I think that's quite, well, has proved disastrous. You know, rogue people set up, pretend the deposits have been protected and they haven't, disappear off to Rio, leaving an absolute mess behind. And mm. it happens more frequently than perhaps people realise. And I think I think that's appalling. But there people... is no excuse, is the Jill, because there is enough advertising from the uh, trade bodies like NALA, ARLA, NAEA about how important it is that professionals are members of those societies to give basic standards. And, you know, with the internet, you don't have to go far to find out all this. Are these people qualified before I even ask them about renting out my property or selling my property? I think landlords sometimes don't appreciate what they're actually doing is mm. lending somebody their most valuable asset mm. for them to play with. So many landlords just go on price. And I think, you know, they're very ill-informed if they do that because it's, you know, it, it's value for money, not mm. how much it is. Just a last question. So imagine that tomorrow everyone working in the lettings industry had to have a basic qualification aside from experience. What current or imagined qualification would that be and why? What I would like to see, and this is a magic wand, because it is rather than, there's not much option really at the moment, it's multi-choice questions and it tests your knowledge. You've learned something, but what to my mind it doesn't do is join the dots. So I would like something that is more practical to say, here's a scenario. How would you deal with it rather than just what law does this come under or how many people can be joined separately liable? Put them in a situation where they've got to think about it and demonstrate that not only have they learned the law, but learned how it should be applied in practical ways in their everyday, how it can help them on a day-to-day -day basis. So going back to our opening quote of learning never exhausts the mind, what would be your top three recommendations to encourage people starting out in lettings to go on a particular course? I think simple things like the understanding, I'm repeating myself probably, that the importance of the tenancy agreement and the importance of the terms of business. Because often when I'm running training for a client, I know their terms of business better than the staff do. You know, and I think that is absolutely essential. That's the key cornerstone. My other thing I think they would help is learning to listen and ask questions. 
I think they're all very, very good recommendations. Can we just finish by finding out how people could get hold of you if they wanted you to run a training course or one of your trainers to run a course? The website details is obviously www.gkjconsultantsplural.co.uk. Jill, thank you for joining me today. I'm sure our listeners are going to find it absolutely fascinating that there's a bit more to lettings than uh, doing a few rent statements. You're listening to Let's Talk Property with Heather Hilda Darling on Radio Reverb 97.2 FM and DAB. (laughs) 